I know you're out there. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Connecting the dots of the Constitution for you like no one else can. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's an attorney, a disabled U.S. Army veteran, an author, public speaker, mother, pastor's wife, and a patriot. She's Chris Ann Hall. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I have with me my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. Welcome to the show, J.C. Thank you. J.C. is wearing a new shirt from the Liberty gear store liberty first gear store and uh it's the midnight ride shirt of wentworth cheswell Mm -hmm. if you remember on uh, thursday's show uh, he wore the christmas addicts t-shirt and uh remember this is all about spreading the message about breaking the ice about being the liberty movement taking back the narrative and getting people to talk about putting this stuff in daily conversation jc you wore your christmas addicts t-shirt all over town on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice anybody, anybody's reaction or did anybody I, actually react or anything like that? I think I had uh, four or five conversations started. Oh, just awesome. With the shirt. Yeah, See? it was pretty cool. And, that, and that's what's great. Now, don't be afraid, right? Don't be afraid to have these conversations get started because we need to, we need to recognize that, that this, is, this is how we go about this. This is what our founders said, uh, that it takes a, a dedicated uh, grassroots movement to make this. You've got to be the one that says, hey, I'm going to... And look, all you have to really know is just 30 seconds about Wentworth Cheswell. It's really crazy, uh, what I noticed. People were taking pictures and stuff, well, right? Yeah, what I noticed walking around, you know, when you have the, the sort of, uh, I would say, typical Liberty T-shirt, right? You got George Washington right. or Thomas Jefferson <laughs> or, you know, some gun or crossed AR-15s or whatever. It's like people just, just walk by that. Right. They, they, they don't even notice. But I, I noticed just, and I don't know if it's because you know, hey, I'm a white guy wearing it. Right. So maybe maybe right. the Hayes brothers can <laughs> sort of chime in on this at some point. Yeah, but yeah. it's like people see, and I suppose in our sort of racially heightened uh, nation today. Society, okay, the mentality that we have, right? It's like people see a black face on a, on a shirt, and they just look. They're like, yeah. what? You know, and so they pause, like, what's going on here? Who's this? Never seen this face before. So, so I don't know if it's entirely, hey, what's that white guy wearing a shirt with a black guy's face on it? 
Right. Or who is this <laughs> black guy on a T-shirt? Right, right, So it's right. really, I mean, it's it was crazy. Like, everybody's looking. I was walking through Walmart, and I mean, everybody's, everybody I walk by looks at the shirt. It was crazy. I, I wonder if you'd have a similar effect then, because I can't wait for my ladies' shirts to get here, right? Uh, the similar effect with, with wearing a woman uh, uh, dressed in, in early colonial garb the yeah. way our ladies are and and people would be curious about that and i and i wonder if i would have the same effect wearing that shirt as if you would I, I've See? Been in, <laughs> yes you know and i it reminds me i've been stretch in, your apparel yeah i've been <laughs> yeah that can be taken yeah. multiple ways i guess <laughs> yeah. especially at walmart but it reminds me i've been in so many conversations about the power of tribe okay mm-hmm. we, we are People are so hardwired for tribalism by nature. Right. And a lot of times in in conversation and debate and, you know, trying to reach out and what have you, we we combat tribe. Right. We we hit it head on. Right. Uh, We give some, you know, directly opposing counter measure counter mm-hmm. argument counter mm-hmm. approach because that's another thing about human nature is Boom. we're very bi- we're right? very binary <laughs> right 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 it's right. positive versus negative so uh i've in so many conversations i've tried to um sort of help friends and say okay slow down and think about the technique that you're using Right. It's it, sort of like a martial arts, right? You don't have to counter with a punch. You can redirect correct. the so, movement. So I tell people, try to use, you have to recognize tribe <laughs> and tribalism is a powerful force. Right. It, it's a right. natural, it's the base nature of humanity, right? right. I mean, mm-hmm. just the way we react in sort of almost unthinking animal-like fashion. Um, so you have to, don't just fight against it. Use it to your advantage use it in a positive way so this is it's like that's what's happening so because of tribe it's drawing people's attention mm-hmm. but then it's not then that's the hook that then feeds them the information and you know these particular the particular ones we picked out for those these two t-shirts are really sort of mind-blowing right uh things because you have kind of a, a couple hooks you know most people have heard of the Midnight Ride of Paul Revere. What does your shirt say on the back here for so, Wayne Cheswell? Yeah, it says, first African-American elected to public office, 1768. First African-American mayor, 1770. Made the Midnight Ride of Paul Revere north to New Hampshire. Fought in Langdon's Light Cavalry at the Battle of Saratoga. New Hampshire's first archaeologist, Grandfather Richard, first black landowner, 1717. These are real. So those real are mind blowing. Mind pieces blowing of pieces of information. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And these are the kind of things that even though uh, they, they are that, that sort of move, movement redirection, they're also a jolt. Absolutely. They're a jolt. Just Wentworth Cheswell alone. I mean. He doesn't just overturn an apple cart. He uproots an entire apple orchard. Right. I mean, there's right. so much just connected to this one guy. It's, it's unbelievable. And I, I say this to you today, not to, not just simply to encourage you to to buy the T-shirts. Obviously, we we did this to help you do this 
and your participation in that helps us do what we do, uh, allows us to, to, to take the time to do what we do uh, through this sort of kind of funding. So it, it's a benefit, it's a mutual benefit for both of us, but it also gives you the opportunity, and our framers would call it virtue, but it's the courage to stand up and, and, and make this change. And I wanted to tell, JC hasn't heard this yet, but we... Well, let me say this before you, before you get in that. Okay. I, I, I want to say, you know, one of the biggest issues that I see all around is, is just a division and disunity. Right. One of the problems, one of the reasons why misinformation and, and division and this sort of, uh, you know, opposition continues, or what contributes to it, is our lack of connection with with other right with right. other people right, and right. people that have these ideas so this this helps you connect you know and then you can start a conversation that's not hostile not like like the trump thing you know you you just wear the make america great which i don't think is anything wrong with that however it's been associated with the guy and trump right. has gravity everything's drawn right. into that trump like trump hate trump universe and well, so it's, it's the difficult division, division universe yeah and this is a unity universe it's a way Correct. to bring people together Correct. under under the banner of liberty that's why thomas no no was it yeah thomas Paine said it's not in numbers that we gather strength but, but in, in unity. unity but the unity was in liberty not in tribalism yeah, so it helps you so, connect you know and break those walls and if you're wondering about what would that possibly do? What could possibly, what, what could wearing a t-shirt and making somebody think possibly do? Well, that's what the first part of today's show is really all about. What, what it will do, not possibly do. I got this, this um, email from a follower. We've actually met him in Garnett, Kansas. His name is Mark Prowls. And I want to read to you what he said to us. I want to read it online so you can hear it. It says, Chris Ann, do you remember when you came to Garnett, Kansas on those two dreadfully cold and icy winter days to help us? It was January 14th and 15th last year. You risked a lot to be there when I should have called it off, but I couldn't due to the critical nature of our ignorance in this little town. An elite establishment has a stronghold on this city and county for many generations due to our ignorance. I asked my new friend and newest city commissioner, Bridget, to attend your classes. Although you may not have realized those two days, the mighty seeds you planted, or maybe you did, but not only did you help her, you also motivated me, against my personal will, I might add, to get off my hands and run against a very popular and very wealthy city commissioner slash mayor incumbent. And my platform is based entirely on constitutional principles with zero donations, conflicts of interests, or party affiliations. Whether I get to serve with this fine representative that you helped educate and inspire, which you know, this, this conversation change inspired this county commissioner to change her positions on things. She says, you've certainly started a movement in the little village of Garnett, Kansas. And whether I'm elected or not, there will be an effort from our government to bring you to this little city again in warmer weather if you're still available. And if you're still willing, Bridget and I want to thank you. And, cool. and, and that is very, very cool because I want to tell you sometimes when we're trying to do what we do to help you to create these things, we make events, we create T-shirts, we stuff. Sometimes 
my zealous nature is yes four million people are gonna join in <laughs> and five million people are gonna buy this t-shirt and we're gonna be like and then i'm like uh because i i i forget that our whole mission is based on what one man can do and that's what we're doing that's why we have these t-shirts what one man can do and when we come back after the break I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a, sh a story with you about what one student can do in Kansas. Okay, so we're going to go back to Kansas, to, to Mark Prowl's town, and we're going to see what one student has done in organizing within his own school in the name of liberty, in the name of, uh, 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 against these Marxist indoctrination centers. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here uh, with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. Remember, you can watch this on YouTube. Watch these shows on YouTube uh, by simply going to the Chris Ann Hall YouTube channel. And you can get caught up on all the shows. If you're not listening to the Daily Journal, if you're just listening to the Saturday show and you're not listening to the Daily Journal, then you're missing the daily message of liberty in current events. And so uh, a fun way to go back and, and get caught up is to watch the YouTube channel. If you're watching the YouTube channel, make sure you go down and ring the Liberty Bell and subscribe to these uh the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, the Chris Ann Hall Show, so that you can be sure that you will be notified and you will never n miss another show again. And so I want to talk to you about uh, a young man at Camdenton High School in central Missouri. I guess this is Kansas City, Missouri, and not Kansas City, Kansas, so I had the state wrong. But his name is Nathan Bechtold. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. The, uh, the article was, is written by Nathan Bechtold, who is the editor-in-chief of the Lake, si Lake Expo. And what, what has happened now is we have students from Camdenton, Missouri, who have started a group called SPARK. And this group called SPARK is, SPARK stands for Students Protecting All Rights for Kids. And... They got T-shirts, match-up, zip-up, zip-up hoodies, and they started protesting Common Core in their schools. And what they did was they got really, really outraged uh, about an assignment that they were given. And the assignment was on an article called, uh, Are You a Liberal or Are You a Conservative? So this is a handout that the teacher gave them as a part of their curriculum. Are you a liberal or are you a conservative? Based on an article written by a political activist by the name of David Bender. Oh, yeah. You know David Bender, uh -huh. right? So this is public school education. Now, the students thought 
they were they were really sort of outraged by the the bent of this article mm-hmm. that there was obviously a political activist assignment sure and so they they went on a campaign uh, to get this out of their school. Now, why did they have to do that? Well, they found out that their answers to this little worksheet, which was supposed to be an experiment in politics, you know, political science assignment, yeah. was actually graded and figured into their GPA based on the subjective grading of the teacher on are you a liberal or are you a conservative? Literally punishing these students for their personal beliefs and their, pol- and their personal political ideologies. And uh, they came together, this Sparks uh, group at Camden in high school, and actually got, they, they went before the school board, they gave this presentation. Um, the, the group leader who uh, uh, said that they were really sort of shocked because they came to speak to the school board, they thought they were only going to see a, a couple of, of, of uh, uh, people at the meeting, but the meeting was really packed out in, I guess probably in curiosity, but also in support of these students. And, um, they actually got the school board to pull the assignment off of the uh, lesson plan and out of their GPA. And I think that's really, really great. And it's, it's funny because the, news, the, the journalist who, who reported on this uh, said that they contacted the school principal um, but the school principal refused to talk to the journalist about the Spark group on the grounds that the group was not even an official school organization, right? So they didn't go through the procedures. Well, <laughs> the Sparks teens said that they pride themselves as unsanctioned agents, students protecting all rights for all kids, and so they didn't even actually mind the fact that the, that the principal wouldn't acknowledge them as a group. And I think that's, isn't that, that, that's amazing, JC. That is absolutely awesome that these students are, are engaging in the liberty and not seeking the permission and the recognition of government to do that. Well, I mean, somebody's obviously teaching them somewhere because right. clearly the teachers are not in their schools. Right. And, and obviously this is what we're talking about, you taking back the education for your kids. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. If you're watching YouTube right now, you can go and you can see the ticker at the bottom that uh, talks ab- that, that gives you the website for our Liberty First gear. If you're just listening on the radio or through the podcast, you can find our Liberty First gear at bit.ly 
forward slash Liberty First Gear, where Liberty First Gear, each first letter is capitalized. Bitly forward slash Liberty First Gear. And like you said, JC, before we went into this break, these students were taught somewhere that you don't have to follow the dictated narrative. Yeah. They were taught somewhere that, f- that, that freedom of expression and freedom of speech and the right to believe the way you want to believe is, is fundamental to who they are. And they thought about it so much, they believed it so much that they were willing to stand up and take a stand. And that's, that's what we're doing here. That's what we do here. I want to talk to you about uh, a very important event that we're bringing forward uh, called In Defense of Liberty. If you're on YouTube right now, you can see the banner of In Defense for Liberty, but you can find it at chrisannhall.com. If you go to chrisannhall.com, there will be a, uh, a banner on, on the top of our page. You can click on the In Defense of Liberty banner and see it. So what this is, this is Liberty Firearms Training. And we have joined together with Larry Stevenson, also known as the Bearded Black Cowboy, and his, uh, his company, 3D Martial Arts and Technical Defense, to offer this incredible weekend of arms and self-defense training. And uh, just so you know, this satisfies a conceal and carry permit requirement for anybody in Texas or anybody in a state that um, has reciprocity with Texas. Not only that, Larry is a certified law enforcement training officer, which means that this weekend qualifies as continuing education credits for many deputies and uh, peace officers nationwide. Awesome. Which means if you come to this event, officers and deputies... This the expenses for this event will be tax deductible cool. because it is it is an employment related thing. Not only that, uh, if, if you don't need a conceal and carry permit, if you don't want one, if you're not an officer, hey, if you come to this event, you'll ensure that you and your family members are well trained in not only the skills of self-defense, but the skills of preservation of liberty. It's a three-day event. Friday night will be a real Texas-style barbecue dinner, and I'm going to give a special Liberty First presentation to those who intend the VIP Friday night dinner on the Disarming of America. And then Saturday begins with uh, a morning at the range and then an afternoon in the dojo with Sensei Stevenson learning how to do hand-to-hand self-defense. Sunday will be the same thing. And this is January 18 through 20th in 2019. Go to chrisannhall.com and check this out. You'll need to sign up right away. We have very, very limited seating, very, very uh, limited spaces of available for this. And so you want to sign up right away. Now, this is an investment, this is not just simply a vacation. This is not, what do they call that, uh, volunteerism. <laughs> this is actually an investment in our future. And it's going to be better than a trip to Disney. This is the kind of family vacations that we need to be designing for our families. What do you think, right? 
Yeah. I, I think so, too. Uh, in line, again, chrisannhall.com. Click on the banner at the top of the page, the In Defense of Liberty. And please do us a favor. Uh, share this with other people. If you're in gun groups, if, you're a, if you shoot at a range, uh, print out the page and, and hang it up. Let's get these people involved. Remember, if we're going to change the narrative on gun control, we've got to get people shooting. How many stories have you heard, JC, of people who have taken their friends and family members out to the range who have never shot before? And then they realize that being educated and it, it's fun to do. And then being educated on it, it's not as scary as they thought it would be. Yeah. Our Janet, our assistant, is a, is a firearms trainer, and she has tons of stories like that. And I'm sure Larry does, too. Larry, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention Larry is excellent with the young people. If you have followed us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, you've seen Larry train our 12-year-old, and he's just absolutely amazing. So this event is open to all ages. Remember, train them up in the way that they shall go. I wanted to give you another bit of encouragement, JC. You remember we covered the story about the um, uh, Mall of America okay. arresting the pastor for just having a conversation about right. his faith, right? He wasn't handing out tracts or proselytizing or anything. He was just having a conversation with people who asked him questions. Well, I got this message on Facebook, and this is, this is from... Um, and I, his name is covered up by our thing, so let me move this, from Sean Snyder. And he's the one that actually gave me the story to begin with about the Minnesota, the guy, he sent me an article uh, about Minnesota media ignores the story of the ex-Muslim who was arrested, right? So that's where we got this story. It was from Sean. And he says, um, he said, thank you for sharing this on the show, he said, I just listened to the show, and even though I listened online, I couldn't pause it for fear I'd miss something. So you know what he did? He went out and made homemade T-shirts. He made homemade T-shirts and uh, went to the mall after our show and um, before they closed and walked around the mall for 30 minutes with his homemade T-shirts in defense of this pastor very cool who was how cool is that yeah right how cool is that i was so excited he said um he says uh uh he wanted to hopefully draw some attention to the matter he said nothing happened um but just before his wife and and he were about to leave uh, the security was walking his way but never said anything they left without an incident and um he said he tried to call the mall to get in touch with somebody to follow up on, on the show and what we did. He took the initiative to contact them, and he said they passed him to the PR person, and he left a message, and he hasn't really heard anything about that. But this is, I'm telling you this story, everybody, because if you are in the Minneapolis area and you want to, Sean is willing to get together a group of people with his homemade T-shirts and walk around the mall. Cool. He wants to do this as a group. Now, he has, he has assured me that he and his wife are going to continue in this activity, whether anybody joins him or not. But if you were as outraged as we were, and if you didn't hear this story, here's the, the crux of what happened. So this Christian pastor was having a conversation with 
somebody else about his faith and right from from they were from Somalia right offended some lady overhearing right who called the security security dragged him down to the basement chained him to a chair chained him to a chair the lady who made the complaint wasn't even involved in the private no. conversation and how the conversation started yeah, the two ladies he was talking with who right. were who were I think Muslim from Somalia uh, I yeah think, I think um uh were defending him Saying we were just uh, having against, a conversation. Against the obnoxious, offended lady who wasn't even involved. So uh, Sean and his wife want to get to people together to, to make a stand for this. Because remember, this, was, this is not only just an issue of private property space. This was an issue that the police department yeah. actually was involved with this and... And the city prosecutor is prosecuting this man for a crime. Yeah, as far as we know. I, I, put, I shared the numbers for the folks on my Instagram. I can't, pull, I can't get it to pull up at the moment. But J.C. Hall Global, you can find the post there. Yeah, go to and Instagram, search J.C. Hall Global. Yeah, so the, or I mean, you can look it up. Mm-hmm. The city attorney, I guess, from, from the best I could figure out, city attorney prosecutes these kind of things. Uh, in that in the county there. So what we have Blo- is Bloomfield, I think. Is yeah, the Bloomfield. We have a we have a melding of private property and government affairs. Yeah. See, this man in in a private, legally speaking, from a private property perspective, which would typically be a mall, he he would have to be uh, given a notice of trespass, removed from the facility, and his return to that facility in violation of the trespass order would be the crime. But that never happened. As a matter of fact, the man never even resisted anything. He's like, okay, you know what? My bad. I. We'll stop talking. And no, they, they stopped talking. Yeah, he walked away. They, they were sitting away. having coffee in a coffee shop in a different place uh-huh. when the guards came up and apprehended them. It, it, right. It Threw was, him in cuffs. It's just insane. And I, I'm Absolute just disgusted. I, I'm disgusted at the fact that the officers who showed up, you know, carried, this, carried this through. Yeah. Right? Because security, yeah, these quote unquote highly trained security guards. Okay, whatever. But if you're an official, you know, you're a government agent, the police officer, you ought to be more more highly trained than this security guard and say, well, I'm sorry, that's that's not the way this works. Um, So we can't arrest this guy. We don't really have grounds to arrest this guy. Well, Sean writes me and he says, I'm actually being very moved by this. And that's the power of liberty. Well, I'm I, moved by the, 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 the fact that Sean has come forward and, and people like Mark Prowls and these students at the school who took a stand. You know, it, it, takes that, it takes that moment where you're ignited into a passion and then you say, you know what? Uh, re- in spite of the consequences, I'm going to do the right thing. Yeah, and you have to, things like what he's talking about, grouping together like this in the mall, you have to do that to bring publicity to it. Um, otherwise, right. you know, there's no pressure put on the, the, the prosecutor and whoever else. And uh, so, you know, I mean, uh, uh, the guy's out on his, uh, he's alone yeah. in this if there's not, not light brought to it. Well, in Sean's they article, they the article that Sean sent me was an article that was condemning the media. The Minneapolis media is completely being silent about the whole thing. Yeah. And so you have a failure in freedom of press 
in our agenda-driven media. That's why we're always saying you have to become the media. You have to become the free press. Contact us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Let us know via chrisanhall.com. There's a contact form. Let us know if you want to get together with Sean, and we will get you hooked up with Sean, and you guys can get moving on this. It's really, really important. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Uh, JC, this is our last segment of the first hour today, so we have to say goodbye to those of you who are listening to us on your terrestrial stations uh, who only carry one hour of the Chris Ann Hall Saturday Show. Remember, you need to hear the rest of the show so that you can be informed, you can be educated, inspired, ignited, uh, equipped to do these things. Now, you know what I love about these stories? What I've loved about these stories that we've told today? These are people that are not waiting for Donald Trump to fix what's wrong. Thank you. They did not write Donald Trump a letter and tell him to get involved in the Mall of America. <laughs> they didn't write Donald Trump a letter and tell him to get the Garnet uh, you know, to, to get Garnet under control. They didn't write Donald Somebody Trump and tell have. him to get the school district, right? These are people engaging in self-governance and local governance the way it's supposed to be done. It's, well, it's always interesting to me. You think about the story with this pastor. Um, any, when there's a police brutality incident, you know, right. you, you have pretty good coverage and pretty good engagement. You know, people come out when it meets the, the the narrative to create division among the people. Well, I would say in in most case, in most any cases, of course, it's a hot button topic. But it seems like when it's Christian, right, this is a pastor being treated this way. This is a pastor being discriminated against. Um, it's a it's normally a really tepid response mm -hmm. i mean it goes back to things we talked about a lot where the church and, and christians in general are so disengaged right and i it's, it's pretty sad it's it pretty is. sad so it's good to see it's good to see the reaction somebody's out there no i'm excited standing up. and the second half of the show is going to be just as powerful we are going to be talking about um there's a new case coming before the supreme court on double jeopardy and uh, we need to talk about this because, once again, all wrapped up in this Supreme Court, uh, this new Supreme Court case in double jeopardy, are, are so many dangers to, to the uh, constitutional way of life that we are supposed to be having. And uh, we're also going to be talking about uh, a city in Colorado. You're not going to believe this. The city has literally issued an edict that says you have uh, a certain number of days to certify your firearms or turn them over to the government else you will be, con you will be arrested and convicted of a crime. Yeah. 
the, no, this is not science fiction. This is not political fiction of a dystopian society somewhere a hundred years in the future. This is not a, a historical story of a king disarming its people. This is happening in America today. And I just simply want to say that's why we need to train people on how to keep and bear arms. This kind of, of idea is driven by fear-mongering and by ignorance on the right to keep and bear arms. That's why if you're interested in our event in Texas uh, on the 18th, 19th, and 20th of January, that's why we're starting off this event with an education on liberty and the right to keep and bear arms. So you know that this is not just about protecting yourself from robbers and raper, rapists. This is not a, just simply about a way you go hunting. This is in, in a way to ensure that the principles of liberty are respected. Yeah, I always, always you know, kind of felt like this is going to come from the municipal and state level. Absolutely. It's, it's not going to be the federal government necessarily coming for your firearms it's, that's always the focus you yeah. know oh they're coming for our guns and uh, you know the federal level is is in is in focus and i, I just felt like that's a distraction that's why we focused on the control right. uh, taking control of your local and state governments and that's so so neglected uh with, with our incessant focus at the federal level and i, I it's like People are not prepared. That's why I'm wearing my shoot like a girl hat that I won for my shooting expertise. I want to read to you as we go out into the break. Remember, come back after the break at chrisannhall.com or just stay with us if you're the podcast. We'll be right back. This is from Patrick Henry. Are we at last brought to such humiliating and debasing degradation that we cannot be trusted with arms for our defense? Where is the difference between having our arms in possession and under our direction and having them under the management of government? If our defense be the real object of having those arms, in whose hands can they be trusted with more propriety or equally safety to us as our own hands? The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall, our second half of the Saturday show. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I am here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall, and we want to uh, welcome you to our show today. J.C., you were looking at an article on your phone. Was that something that you wanted to talk about? Oh, uh, I was just, no, I, I kind of saw an article. I just thought, man, I knew this was coming. That's why I don't do it. Well, the people will say, J.C.'s always looking at his phone, Chris Ann. What is he looking at while you're talking? Yeah, so I, I, <laughs> I, no. I figured I got, if you're looking at your phone, I got to give them an opportunity to, to know what it is that you're I, looking at. Um, <laughs> so while you're, well, first off, you know, a lot of the stuff I don't I don't look at as you're sharing. I mean, in fact, the bulk of stuff you share is brand new to me, yeah. just like everybody else. So I'm actually looking it up while mm -hmm. you're talking some of the times, and 
educating myself. Remember, I'm just the guy in the sidecar. I'm not the expert <laughs> here, so uh, half the time I don't know what I'm talking about. So I got so I'm looking it up. But but as I was looking up, um, I was looking for the uh, numbers for the stuff in Minnesota. I just saw a headline pop up about some brain eating amoeba. <laughs> you guys have to know. JC has this <laughs> this thing about brain-eating amoebas. I, he's just absolutely <laughs> convinced. He's like, I'm not getting in that water. There's no, a brain-eating amoeba you, in there. Like, you don't do that <laughs> stuff. You don't put, but those words, brain-eating yeah. amoeba. You've heard it many times throughout <laughs> our relationship. Yes, no. come out of my mouth. Come out absolutely. of his mouth. He's got this thing about brain-eating amoebas. Yeah, so, so, so you know the <laughs> neti pots, right? Oh, my goodness. you got these neti pots, and they put this water in the neti pot. You basically... You know, you're you're circulating okay. water up one side of your nose and down the other or whatever and flushing it. And I'm like, and you know me, you know how I am. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. That's crazy. I don't know why people would do that. <laughs> and so here this lady, she's got this neti pot. Boom. Brain eating amoeba. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Because no. she used, so the thing is, they're like, oh, you use tap water. Okay, which is stupid. And people think, oh, that's good. Like we... You have I want to flush chlorine and fluoride well, through my mucous membranes anyway. <laughs> okay. Let me tell you something. I don't care what kind of water you have. You right. you 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 can have a well or you can have city water with all that stuff in it. You go you go to any home after a good little while. You look at any faucet. I don't care how much chlorine is in yeah. that water. You can yeah. look at any faucet and you you can find growth on that faucet. Right. Okay? So it's not about the water because <laughs> that, you know, the, wa- the the chlorine and stuff evaporates and degrades mm-hmm. and the thing stays wet and the stuff grows on there. You fill your pot with that. That's what you're putting in your in your head. You don't even, you know, the cavity right next to your brain. Right. You, you don't know what's you don't know what's there. <laughs> so anyway, I just like I was looking at it and I thought, yep, told you. Knew I, that was coming. Well, see. I must have recognized that look yeah, on your that brain face, that brain-eating amoeba reaction, and I was like, "Oh, he's got something interesting over there." It's crazy, man. Oh. I don't like I. I mean, we swim, but I don't really like pools because of yeah. brain-eating amoebas. Yeah, but you swim in the springs. Because there's a flow. Oh, because it's flow. It's about the flow. It's about the flow, right? Yep. And you, and you, yeah, and you can see the person, but you know whatever that is is flowing by you. In a pool, it just sort of sits and. That, and that's the thing. It's just percolates. like the faucet. <laughs> it's like if you ran your faucet with city chlorine water, all that you know the whole time, you'd probably be fine. Yeah. It's it, so it's about that thing sitting there, stagnant, and that's when the stuff grows. Yeah. All right, so Thursday this week. Sorry, just to hang up. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. Maybe other people can you, relate you to your brain-eating yeah, amoeba hey, You don't have to thing. feel the same way. Yeah. I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm very comfortable with, with my neuroses. That's okay. That's why I don't do buffets. Yep. <laughs> there you go. It's <laughs> proof. It's I don't proof do the buffets. lady, bless her heart, with brain-eating bless amoeba. It. I don't oh, know if the lady man. died, but yeah, that's the, that's the another thing in these. Amoeba. That's another thing in these. Uh, I forget what they're technically called. Uh, See, I saw that headline, brain-eating amoeba, and I thought that was some kind of a euphemism for mainstream media. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And I thought, oh, we got a Freedom of Press article over there <laughs> talking about the media, the mainstream media is a brain-eating amoeba. <laughs> uh, yeah. That was funny, you have to admit. <laughs> that was a Don't clever. imbibe that stuff either. Don't imbibe that stuff either. So Don't Thursday, put it in your head. Thursday. Thursday, last week was a pretty big day. 
uh, Supreme Court back in session. So that means we're going to have lots to talk about here in the next little while. So, and so now people are probably glad they asked, w- what's J.C. looking at? I know, right? <laughs> now Chief Chrisanne, next time, don't tell <laughs> us. We don't want to know about brain-eating amoebas. So anyway, so the Supreme Court. People throwing out their neti pots right now. Right. The Supreme Court is talking about uh, the double jeopardy case. And what this is all about. All right. So let me just let me just read this to you. So the Supreme Court, obviously, uh, many of you know that the Fifth Amendment to the Constitution uh, is is a reminder to the people to not allow the federal government to engage in multiple prosecutions for the same offense. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the Fifth Amendment. So no, it's not just your right to not incriminate yourself. There's a whole lot more in the Fifth Amendment. True. But what this is, what has happened is that uh, this, this, this man has committed a crime and he was prosecuted by his state. And then the feds came along and prosecuted him again for the same crime, but saying, oh, wait, it's not the same crime, right? Because it's a federal crime and what you were tried on was a state crime. It doesn't matter that the exact same events are at trial with the same elements, elements alleging the same activity. The, 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 the federal government says it's not double jeopardy because we only tried you one time. Okay, Why is this coming before the Supreme Court? Well, it's coming before the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court in the past actually said that it's not double jeopardy because it's the state and the federal, right? So there there are lots of problems here with this because once again, what we're doing is we're ignoring the principle of the liberty behind this, right? We're ignoring the principle of the liberty behind this. Number two, this also would never happen if the federal government wasn't criminalizing activity that they don't have the authority to criminalize. Right, so we're talking about drug activity. We're talking about um, uh, things that that should be criminal on the state level, to which the federal government has no jurisdiction. Don't don't they? Isn't this uh, not to get sidetracked? But isn't this argument always couched when, when they go to make their arguments and they're having this thing in the court? Is it always couched in the framework of uh, incorporation doctrine? They start arguing. Yeah. Whether this is incorporated in the states or whatever. And doesn't that completely miss like it distracts and, and diverts from from the core of the issues it's about natural law? It's about the fact right. that people hold these rights. Well, what's ironic here. All right. Is that whole like you said, the whole argument of incorporation doctrine would say that, well, the rule against double jeopardy applies to the states as well as the federal government. But the irony here is that they're now ignoring the principle of incorporation doctrine and saying it applies to the states, but it doesn't apply to the federal government because we have carved out this exception. So they uh, so they use that. I mean, they basically just pick and choose mm-hmm. what they want. So, so it's not even it's not even a consistent, consistently right. used argument. Well, let me read to you what up. the New York Times wrote in this article about what happened on Thursday. It says, 
Quote, the Constitution's double jeopardy clause generally forbids subsequent prosecutions. You love how they put that generally in there because it doesn't say generally in the Fifth Amendment. It's an absolute, <laughs> right? And then it says, but the Supreme Court has made one exception, saying that the federal made government yeah, an made an exception, saying that the federal government and the states are independent sovereigns. And the court has allowed separate prosecutions of the same conduct in state and federal courts. This paragraph is is just simply the the epitome of everything that's wrong with the way we think about the federal government and the states. Right. Just here we have. Wait a minute. One sentence, two sentence, three sentences that sums up all the problems right there. Right. The double jeopardy clause generally forbids. No, it doesn't. It absolutely forbids uh, prosecutions of the same crime more than once. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you had somebody who was actually reading what the founders wrote and said when they drafted and ratified this clause, you would know that it's an absolute. And then they say, but the Supreme Court has made one exception. As if the Supreme Court, being part of the federal government, has the authority to create exceptions to the absolute to, to prohibitions the, of federal activity. Yeah, to the rules that bind it. We're going to make the exception to the rules that bind us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, and again, it's because of this complete lack of understanding of this term, independent court and we have this idea that because we refer to the supreme court as an independent court that they are not part of the federal government they're independent from the federal government no the only reason the supreme court exists is because it was created by the states through the constitution in the exact same manner and form that each other a a a division of government was created like and Madison says this so eloquently, you know, you can't allow the executive to write, rewrite the Constitution. You can't allow the legislative to rewrite the Constitution. So Madison says, so why would you allow the judiciary to rewrite the Constitution? Yeah, it's like they're saying the rules only apply to two out of three branches of federal government. Right. And the independent judiciary is not about being independent from the Constitution. Yeah. It's about being independent from the dictate and control of the other two branches yes. so that they can be an effective check and balance. Right. It's not about being independent from the people. It's about being independent from politicians. And that's where we miss this. And I, I didn't know if you recognize this, but it says saying that the federal government and the states are independent sovereigns. How, how convenient that they, they, they pick the sovereignty of the states as something they want to champion in one situation, but then deny the sovereignty of the states in practically every other situation where it matters to their control. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. 
Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. And uh, JC and I are talking about this supreme this this issue that's come to the Supreme Court on the uh, on double jeopardy. And uh, the New York Times reporting this gives us really great insight on all the problems. And they said, the New York Times remarks that the Supreme Court has made an exception to federal limitations, the federal government creating exceptions to their own power, and that the federal government and the states are independent sovereigns and the court has allowed, the court has what? Allowed. Man, I just, how do you not get past the language of servitude yeah. when we're dealing with the courts. I mean, I can't even, it's, it's really hard for me to even continue in a conversation and make my relevant points when you're just smacked in the face over and over and over again with this language of servitude. Yeah, no, in, in, every, in every expression, the court holds the preeminent position over Everything All and everything and everyone and everything flows from that the nexus of the court. And so here we have uh, I mean, this is how we come along saying courts make rulings. Yeah. No, right? it sounds as if the court, the Supreme Court is uh, what would be the word is is imbuing sovereignty yes. on the states yes. and on the federal government. The court has declared that these are independent sovereigns. But no, not the all court, the time. The court just sometimes. The court exists because the states are Thank independent you. sovereigns. Right. If the, the states the courts didn't make the states independent sovereigns. The states made the courts because they're independent and sovereigns. And the only reason the court has any power at all is because the states delegated that power to them in the first place. They didn't surrender any power. They didn't make the courts, their superiors, they actually said if, okay, we're going to make this agreement called the Constitution, which is going to create the legislative, the executive, and the judiciary. And as a matter of that agreement, we all agree that the Constitution is the supreme law of the land, and anything contrary to the Constitution is a violation of our agreement, and it makes it null and void. So it's sort of a matter of, hey, so you guys... If you could monitor the behavior relative to our agreement, yes, and then let your opinion be known when you see see exactly the the misbehavior, so that that we can, you know, be sort of uh, informed or enlightened, and then adjust accordingly or what have you. But that doesn't make the Supreme Court above everything. They're just performing a role, and, and the Constitution has to stay above them. Because everything is supposed to be judged relative to that. But I but I hope we get into the fact because I mentioned, you know, I was talking about how they waffle on this 14th Amendment argument or the mm -hmm. uh, in, in, in corporation, corporation doctrine argument and all that sort of stuff. But that is that is actually and I wish people would grab this that now listen to this that inconsistency mm -hmm. is an indication of their consistency yes <laughs> okay yes no really because no, i get it i get it people look at this like they they judge the supreme court now based on who appointed them mm -hmm. this is conservative justice liberal justice whatever most of them i would say at this point with the exception of gorsuch all of them mm -hmm. rule right quote unquote they make their opinions consistently 
on the basis of, and this is it, supporting the force of government. That is their consistent basis. Well, and and even more specific than that, supporting the rule of the courts. Anything that supports federal power, supports the federal courts as being the supreme being in the universe. So so it's based on... So you make it federal, then they are the rulers of the universe. So they make their opinions based on supporting the force of government, and then they, the courts, are supreme and preeminent in that system of force. So when Which you is see, ironic because Alexander Hamilton and our founders said that the courts were the weakest branch of the three governments, right. not the most powerful. So it's actually what what is inconsistent, right? What's an unusual ruling for the Supreme Court is ruling. when they is when they actually rule uh, on behalf of, of the liberty of individual citizens. That's that's an unusual Right, inconsistent. Can I kind can I beg stance. you guys to go to Liberty First University? And if you're if you don't want to do the membership, if you're afraid of commitment, uh, the Judiciary DVD is available to you at uh, Liberty First University at chrisanhall.com in the store. Get the Judiciary DVD. Probably one of the most important that we have. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. This is Chris Ann Hall with my husband and co-host J.C. Hall. I want to take a minute to talk about our brand new event that is coming up in January. This is a big one and we want to let you know about it because uh, we have limited seating available. Uh, this is a gun training and liberty training weekend, January 18th through 20. 20th, it's called In Defense of Liberty. We have joined up with our friend and liberty patriot, Larry Stevenson, who is also known as the Bearded Black Cowboy. He has his own Larry Stevenson show podcast that he does himself. And he's also an expert firearms trainer and a martial arts trainer and he's going to we are going to meet up with him on the 18th through the 19th in Texas in January to get a full weekend of lib- in defense of liberty training if you want to know more about that you need to go to chrisannhall.com and click on the in defense of liberty training banner look we have 20 20 slots left okay just 20 slots left. So uh, this is the kind of investment that we need to make, the kind of family vacations that patriots ought to be scheduling. And so uh, let's get you involved in this. Go to chrisannhall.com, click on the In Defense of Liberty banner, and uh, sign up today. Because, you know, we are talking about how the Supreme Court is making everything federal. Yeah. And unless we understand about our individual rights and the limitations of the federal government, the federal government is taking your right to keep and bear arms and making that federal too. And so now what you have is a, an oligarchy of nine kings and queens 
coming around telling you what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. And the language that we're reading here in the New York Times is so indicative of the mentality of Americans. And you can say, oh, well, that's the New York Times. But I'm sorry. This it has, has, has permeated the entire society of America. You hear conservatives say the courts ruled and whatever the Supreme Court says is law. That is simply not true. Well, it's interesting, this double, double jeopardy case, like, once again, drawing attention because, because it somehow has some connection to Trump. Oh, yeah. And the Trump associates. Oh, no, no, it's a contrived connection. Right, but I mean. There, there's no connection. What I'm saying there's is no everything's, case. once again, right. drawn into that universe. You almost can't talk about, it's almost been sabotaged, like conversation has been sabotaged. You almost can't talk about liberty you you, you you can barely have the discussions, right? Because right. it's become uh, lovers of Trump versus haters of Trump and then versus those of us left on the outside who don't fit in either of those categories. So right. it's almost sabotage because if you mention if you any discussion about an issue is immediately characterized by the people listening as either in this camp or that camp. Right. It can't be, okay, we're not talking about that at all. That has nothing to do with it. We're talking about a constitutional issue, a liberty issue. It's it's amazing the gravity that this individual has. I almost, some days I, I think to myself, man, I will be glad when the Trump phenomenon is over, when he finally right. has, has served whatever he's going to do and go back to civilian life. Right. And then I, at the same time, I think, well, are they, are they just going to pick somebody else? whoever else is going to be the next lightning rod of everything has to be related to this guy. Obama was the same in, in, in right. a similar fashion with the right. Everything was all of a sudden about Obama. So it's, it's weird. Are we now in a never ending reality of whoever, whoever's in the white house is now the lightning rod and the nexus for all conversation and and we're going to be jumping these hurdles nonstop trying to talk to people and first you got to get through you got to wade through right that thing or else walk away and realize you you can't even communicate it's just bizarre so it, it, i was surprised well, to see this it's our political addiction is what it really yeah. is we we have but i was surprised to see it again in this article i thought what does that have to do with trump and all I of know. a sudden they're steering it toward trump yeah Absolutely. Well, because all right. So here's the sad thing. It's it, there's no relation. There's no real relationship to Trump in this double jeopardy case. But the media knows that that's what sells. Yeah. So they have to you read the article and it, it, they, they they make these things uh, sort of crazy like this double jeopardy thing will eliminate Trump's ability to issue pardons. Well, no, it won't. It has nothing. Double jeopardy has nothing to do with pardons. Nothing at all. And so, um, number one, the president can't issue pardons for state crimes anyway. He can only right. he can only issue pardons, constitutionally speaking, right? So it's yeah. the difference between what he can what do, he can what he's authorized, what he's authorized to do, to do right? <laughs> so he is not authorized to issue pardons for state crimes anyway. Why? Because the states are independent sovereigns and they're not federal issues. The governor of that state has to issue the pardon, not the president. So this doesn't affect anything. But what this does do, JC, and it just... This Supreme Court opinion, if issued 
in, a, in, in the wrong way will be just one more nail in the coffin to the supremacy of the federal government over everything that the states do, right? This idea that, hey, your laws don't mean anything unless they have our stamp of approval on them. The real laws in America are issued by the federal government. Those pretend laws are issued at the state level, so you don't have to worry about those state laws. All you have to do is worry about those federal laws. And it denies the states their authority, putting the sign and the seal on the understanding that there is no limitation to the federal government at all. We can make any law we want. We can write any law we want. We can enforce any law we want, and it doesn't matter what the state does. Well, I think it goes back to something you said at the beginning, almost in passing here. The sense they're separate sovereigns, right? And the states are the creators of the federal government. They outline the responsibilities and delegated the authority to the federal government for certain limited things. Then really there should be no crimes Mm -hmm. that are prosecuted Right, the same crime should not be prosecuted both on the federal and the state. Those right. things shouldn't overlap in the first place. So right. there should be no threat of this. Exactly. Because otherwise, okay, if you take the other look uh, sort of perspective, if you say you had a corrupt uh, system, either locally or at the federal level, mm-hmm. kind of in cahoots with the accused, and says, okay, we're going to go ahead and go through this sort of kangaroo court trial mm-hmm. make sure that you're found not guilty and then that right that uh you know shields you right we protect you because then the federal government can't try you again because of double jeopardy so it, it right that shouldn't be able to be a scenario and it wouldn't be if you actually respected the idea of the sovereign spheres so there, right. there shouldn't be this there's the same law for this crime on the federal level and the law for the crime on the state level. That's not how it's supposed to work. No, it's not supposed to work because remember... So that's really the core of the problem. Right. And, and it is. It's an attack on the sovereignty of the states and it's an expansion of federal power that creates a situation uh, where the federal government acts with no limited authority whatsoever. Yeah. And our founders said that if it's contrary to the Constitution, it is null and void, which means because we've never authorized the federal government to regulate what we wear, what we eat, how we move, what we, wor- what we work, what we drive, all of these things are unconstitutional acts, which makes them null and void. Which means that here's the remedy to this, JC. Our states, uh, in this particular case as well, so our states have crimes that are under their jurisdiction that have not been delegated to the federal government. So let's just take marijuana, for example, okay? Or we could do... Um, we could do chickweed salve or something like that, right? So your state has made a regulation that says marijuana is illegal. So they prosecute that person for the, the, the criminal offense of this marijuana. Well, then the federal government comes in and says, okay, well, that's a crime for us too. We're going to prosecute this person as well. That's what this case is all about. So at that point in time, this is what ought to happen. The governor and the legislators of that state and the sheriff in the jurisdiction of that person need to stand up and say, stop. Marijuana is not under federal jurisdiction. We've already prosecuted this person. You have, we are not granting you access to this person. As a matter of fact, we are going to protect this person from your unlawful jurisdiction and your prosecution of this person will not be allowed and any judgment of your court will be deemed null and void by our state and we will protect our people. 
I just don't understand how there is debate there, how, how somebody can't see in that scenario just on the face of it that that's wrong, yeah. that, that you come in and have a, a duplicate trial for the same thing is, is well, I, I apparently it's, it. it's, it's an essential principle that has eluded the Supreme Court for 130 stinking years. I mean, yeah. really, you, these are supposed to be the rulers of the universe, the brightest and, and, and most organized minds of America. And, and, and they, they miss the essential principles of liberty. You were sharing that case with me yesterday and the questions that they were asking in that case. Yeah. I said, okay, what was the follow-up question? Then right. you read the next question. I thought, mm -hmm. really? That's what they're asking? I mean, it just was really bizarre. Like, it was the about the, um, uh, what do you call that, where they take your stuff? Civil asset forfeiture. A civil asset yeah, forfeiture. Yeah, that was the Thursday show we did on that one. Oh, my goodness. That uh, was could another you, Supreme Could you do this case. to a Bugatti? Uh, how about a jalopy? That's your question? Right, right. What? <laughs> so Unbelievable. Um, we talked about one city disarming its people. You know that the course that I'm going to be teaching in January uh, in Texas at the In Defense of Liberty is a class called America Disarmed about how one governor disarms one town uh, in 1774 and what the people do in reaction in 1774. And it's quite different than the reaction of America today. Yeah. And I believe it's because, as Samuel Adams said, the people have become universally ignorant to the knowledge of their liberties and the virtue. They become absent of the virtue to, to, to do what they need to. So here's what I was talking about in the first part of the show. This is the case uh, Boulder. The Boulder, uh, the Boulder city government has made 85 particular uh, firearms against the law in Boulder. And they're all of these particular 85 quote unquote assault weapons are to be removed from the verified or removed from the city within uh, a certain period of time. So they have a ban on the sale and the possession of these weapons unless you are registered with the government. And let's, when we come back, we'll talk about what's happening in Boulder. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. So the city of Boulder has uh, issued a ban on the sale and possession of 85 different, quote unquote, assault weapons, high capacity magazines and bump stocks. And they've given the, 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 the residents of the city of Boulder a time limit. You have to register these things with us or you have to turn them in. Because if you do not, you will be arrested for unlawful possession of these firearms. So, who's this, who's this person? No. Uh, police police Sergeant. Sergeant David Spraggs. He says certification is not a registry. 
The department keeps no records or paperwork of any kind. The only information they have is a handwritten count. 87 certificates have been issued to date. Two of those were redundancies for the same weapon shared between a husband and wife. Don't worry. We're just counting. We're just counting. Right? We're just counting. All right. Well, then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send an anonymous letter saying I have three. Yeah. If that's all you need, anonymously, I'm telling you, I have three. Three what? It doesn't matter. It's just a count. I have three. Who are you? It doesn't matter. It's just a count. I have three. Yeah, it's not a registry. And if you're not, (laughs) see, but you're right. Here's the thing. If it's not a registry and you're not keeping any names, how are you going to prosecute me for having one for not registering? Yeah. How do you know it's a husband and wife? Seriously. I I just. So I have a question for you. Uh, So this is a personal question. To me or to the people? To you. Okay. So do are you do you feel frustrated since for the last eight years I've listened to you uh, talk to people in, in your presentations in the eyes, people people that invite you about their obsession with the federal level and you have urged them for eight years about focusing on state and local government and now these things are happening where you said they would happen i've I've listened to you i mean very recently i think we were in utah and one of the people in the thing as usual sort of pushed back from the audience oh but chris you're saying not paying attention to federal politics blah blah blah, which is not exactly what you were saying but here are these examples now over and over and over again do you feel frustration like uh, I mean, or do you feel like I told you so? And it's, I mean, how does how does this kind of well make a, you feel in that regard? All right, well, just since curious. we're personal, I would have to tell you that all of those feelings are all wrapped up in one. I mean, I I I do shows like we started off this show today just as much for me as I do for everybody else. Yeah. These confirmations that we are making a difference, that people are actually listening right. and on the individual level doing something. Because I'll feels just, like a, I'll I flat told out you tell so you, I, I do get discouraged, but it's also an I told you so moment. But that just motivates me even more because, see, now I have real life situations where I can say, look, it's not just me. This is reality. I know I've I've said this for eight years, but now I'm telling you, look, this is exactly what it's happened. When when I first started, I always teaching, feel like I'm sitting next to a prophetess because it's <laughs> always like years later, you you say the same thing over and over again, and I hear the crowd saying the opposite, mm-hmm. going the other direction, and then sooner or later, this stuff starts to trend. It starts to pop up. Same thing with the cake baker. You the said Jeff Sessions. You, Jeff Sessions. You said the cake baker thing. You said Supreme Court came out with their opinion, and it was okay. Not exactly what I victory. told you. And so here, here we are again. Uh, you got to feel like, when are you people going to start listening? Well, you know, our framers had the same kind of frustration as well. And you, when you read it, you, you hear the voice. And what I realize is that we're just dealing a sp- with a spiritual battle, JC. This is a human nature thing that we have to deal with. And, and people are tending to suffer. Uh, th- they will suffer evil until evil is insufferable. And so what we have to do is be consistent. We need to be stable. 
uh, stick to our principles. We need to be settled in our principles and we need to keep teaching because Sean and Mark and all these people prove to us and the kids at Spark, they all prove to us that we are making a difference. It is a slow move. It's not a quick thing and we're in it for the long haul. God bless you guys. We'll see you on Monday and don't forget the gun, the, the gun event at chrisannhall.com. Blessings I received. Let me.